warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for joining me today. It's going to be a wonderful uh, program. As always, I've got Dr. Glenn Pickering already in studio. We're looking forward to our time with him. We're going to dig down into a passage from 1 Thessalonians out of chapter 5 today with Glenn. I'm very excited about that. Uh, and then I'm going to be uh, joined uh, with by Dr. Peter Kapsner in hour two. We're going to have uh, Daryl B. Harrison join us as we start our our brand new series on prayer. So I'm excited about that. I'm always glad to welcome back to the program Dr. Glenn Pickering. He is a multi-talented guy that is a little bit pastor, complete psychologist, uh, former engineer, um, author, seminar whiz, counselor. What else, Glenn? <laughs> I'm a great grandfather. Yes, you're, you're an awesome grandfather. And anything else I'm forgetting? <laughs> That's a good list. Okay. Well, welcome back to the show. We're going to talk a Thanks. little bit about First Thessalonians 5 today. Yep. What is and what is to be is the title. That's interesting, even though I don't know what it means. <laughs> it's a mystery. So let me read it because it's a powerful right. verse. And it is, I think. we were in the green room just talking about this could be our entire way to live our Christian life. Right. Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecy, but test everything, hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. So there, a lot, All right. there's a lot packed into that. That's what I think too. Seven verses, two sentences, and a whole lot of good stuff. So let's jump into this, Glenn. All right. Um, where do you want to start? Well, maybe I'll just start off by saying this. Um, that, um, you know, the saints in Thessalonica were facing all kinds of persecutions and afflictions um, from the world and from the synagogue. And Paul asked them during this time of intense prosecution and persecution to increase and abound in love to one another and to all, and just a little earlier in Thessalonians. And he says, and I know that you do this, and I want you to do that more and more and more. Mm. I think, now that's really interesting. He hardly even addresses the persecution they're facing or the incredible stresses that they're under or the circumstances in which they find themselves. Instead, he was just really just so powerfully encouraging them to stay focused on their true goals and to be even more focused on those loving goals during those times when they easily could have let their attention be dragged in a different direction. And um, And I just think... Does that sound relevant to today? Yeah, I'm just going to say that sounds a whole lot like the world in which we're yeah. living. What is it ever? So many things that could easily pull our attention in all kinds of worldly directions and help us lose focus on what's really important. And so there's a challenge then, and it's a challenge now, to really, really be focused along our real goals, our true purpose, our real calling, and our ministry to one another instead of all the stuff that's happening around us. Mm -hmm. So... I love, you know, that. so that just brings in the question. So, you know, the challenge is to stay focused. How do we do that? And I love when Paul says in Philippians, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and want. And I think that's a powerful sentence. And and so sometimes when I read that sentence, I've learned that secret. I think, well, what is the secret? <laughs> no kidding. And I think it's right here in Thessalonians. There are three parts to that secret. Rejoice hours, pray constantly, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So how, what is the secret of staying focused 
on what really matters, on the things that are really important, on the ministries that are right in front of us. What are the three secrets? And Paul says, you know, rejoice, pray, look for what's good. So if it's okay with you, I'm just going to want to talk about each of those three things for a few minutes. I would love that. And and talk take about your time because these those, are so important. They just are. And mm-hmm. then we can talk for a little bit later in the hour about how to apply each of those things as we move forward and try to think, okay, if we're not going to focus on the circumstances around us, but really stay focused on our calling, how do we get clear what that calling is? How do we tell what's real and what's not? What's just our thinking? What's God's thinking for us? So once, so first of all, we have to really just get focused on, okay, I want to sort of almost blank out all the circumstances around me and focus on the call. And then I need to ask myself, okay, and what is that call? And how do I kind of understand that? So, so I want to talk about rejoicing, if that's all right. Please. I love right. that word. Um, yes. I Rejoice. Think, yes, because it's based on the word. word joy. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And every, each of you listeners, before I talk about that, I want you to think about a moment lately when you felt joy. Now, it might be longer than a moment. You know, maybe... There's a year in your life when it's a really joyful year or a day that's been a really joyful day. But it could even be just, you know, I felt this overwhelming sense of joy on Sunday when we sang this one really cool song in church. Whatever that is, I want you to just think about a time when you felt joyful. And if you want to, um, well, you can't call in today, I guess, but if you want to text us and uh, tell us about that, or fax us, just even a line, a bullet point, or it could be a sentence, or you could just tell us your story, whatever that looks like. Just give us some examples of times when you felt joy lately. And I'll remind you of that number, 877-933-2484. A moment of joy that you can recall. That's right. And what it was, and... And so that'll be a great encouragement to other people, too, because Absolutely. we're going to find yep. moments of joy and contentment in people's lives that we never would have suspected. Right. That's what I think, too. And so mm-hmm. it'll be very encouraging to other people. So everything you're willing to send into us would be great. And we will hold that in our thoughts and prayers for the rest of the show. So but for a moment, while we're kind of waiting for that, I want to just say this. I know this already without even knowing what your story is or your example. I promise you that's an experience of connecting. Everything we call joy is about experiencing that connection. Could be a connection to God I felt during prayer time. Could be a connection I felt with somebody I was caring for or praying with, and I felt joyful about being that connected. Could be holding your little granddaughter or grandson in your lap and just the sheer joy of just being with them and holding them. Could be that you're out in nature and there's just a sheer joy of being connected with God's creation and the powerfulness about that and feeling one with all of that. Um, but I promise you, whatever your sense of joy was that you put down on your list, which thank you for taking a moment to do that, I promise you it's an experience of being connected to God, to other people, or to the world that God created. Now, here's the cool thing. That experience always lifts us up. To be joyful is to be lifted up. Now, so when it says in Thessalonians 5.11, we're to lift up one another, that means we're to be a source of joy to one another. How do we do that? We do that by connecting. So if you think, okay, if I'm supposed to not get caught up in all the circumstances around me and be joyful, despite all the craziness that we can see, if we don't have to look very far to find it, how am I supposed to be joyful? And I think, okay, we're supposed to enjoy those connections that we have with God, with others, but we're also supposed to give that to others. So if you know somebody who's been feeling isolated and you call them up, I promise you, you are bringing them joy. If there's somebody kind of timid next to you in church and they're kind of singing and you sing just loud enough to kind of encourage them so they feel a little 
braver to sing, and then when they're singing a little louder, they feel connected to all the rest of the people in the congregation. Mm-hmm. I promise you, you're bringing them a sense of joy. Everything that helps us to be connected to creation or to God or to one another lifts us up, literally creates in us a sense of joy. So, I'm just wondering how much we understand the little tiny things we can do that will connect right. people to joy. Right. Because I don't know if I don't know if we do a very good job of that. Right. We go, well, if I sing a little bit louder, how's that going to make the person next to me happy? In my case, it would make them more unhappy. <laughs> well, I had a pastor once who said, every voice is either good for praising God or scaring the devil. So, yeah, so <laughs> either way it works. <laughs> but the fact that those little connectors bring joy right. is a great reminder for all of us today. Even the simplest thing, if you're coming into church and you see somebody you know and you smile really big and you shake their hand, you say, it's so good to see you, and they can tell that you mean it, mm-hmm. I promise you, they will be filled for that moment with a little sense of joy. Mm-hmm. Or if you're outdoors, you could just think, this is annoying, what a crappy day, weather-wise, blah, blah, blah. Or you could just take a second and actually pay attention to the miracle that's happening around you, and you will think, oh, my goodness. The sky is amazing. The way those leaves are moving is so stunning. The way the snow is on that tree is just incredible. This is, this is a miracle around me. We can literally give that gift to ourselves anytime we're willing to slow down just long enough to actually be in the present for a moment. Mm-hmm. All right, Glenn, here's a couple for great. listeners already. Spending time with a new sister in Christ. Absolutely. great yes, joy. Yes, absolutely. This is powerful. What brings me joy is every time I get a long hug from my awesome husband. Nice. We are often on different schedules, and God blesses us with those brief moments. Right. Isn't that powerful? I love it. Yeah, I do too. And... The great examples of what I was just talking about. I felt connected to somebody mm-hmm. in some powerful way. Christian sister, my husband, person in your life. Honestly, it's like if we understand what it says in First John, that God is love and love is that which binds together all living things. And we realize, see, when we're connected to each other, we're hugging one another or to nature, we're praying with God. So we're experiencing that connection that binds us together. So we're literally having an experience of God's presence which is why those times are so powerful and why we call that joy. Because what we're really experiencing in that connection is God. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be negative, but let's look at the opposite. Right. If you are feeling disconnected right. and there are no moments of connection and you go all day or two days or a week without mm-hmm. a sense of connection, that is brutal. It is painful. Yeah. Now, and we talked just a little bit before we started with your question about, you know, it says at the end of our reading for today, you know, hold fast to everything what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Mm-hmm. And I think um, mm, the word sin literally translated means separate. So just like everything that brings us joy is about being connected to God or to other people or to the world God created. Everything that we call sin means we're literally disconnected from people or from God or from the world in which we find ourselves. So any behavior or thought that separates me is a sin. And so we always think, you know, the opposite of sin is like moral behavior. But I think, no, the opposite of sin is to live in right relationship. Mm -hmm. So you're right. There are people who are isolated or disconnected from people. And it's important to understand how literally painful that is, which is why if we know somebody who's struggling or alone or could just use a call, it's so important that we make that call or send that text or reach out to them or say hi to them at church or even just stop and shake their hand when we see them just to say, hey, I want to be, at least for a moment for you, a point of connection. I was passing a guy who was 
on the corner asking for money at the at a stoplight, and I uh-huh. rolled my window down. I said, "I'm I'm out of cash, but I just want to um, bless you today." And right. He Love said. It. He said. He said, "Thank you for that, and thank you for." looking me in the eye and smiling because right. I'm still a human being. Because you actually saw me, right? Yeah. I, and he said, because I'm still a human being. Right. And I thought, I love oh, that. that just, that cut her. Uh, that was hard. That's painful. Yeah, right. I agree. Right. All right. Dr. Glenn Pickering is my guest. If you have got a moment of joy, something that you can share with us, I'd love to hear what it is. And Absolutely. it's really fun to share it with the listening audience too. You can text it over to me at 877-933-2484. We'll be right back. Welcome back. So glad to have Dr. Glenn Pickering with me here in the studio. We're talking about a wonderful passage out of 1 Thessalonians, starting in chapter 5, 16 to 22. Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's how the verse starts. And we're talking about joy right now, and we're getting some really nice comments from Listeners, uh, Becky just said, uh, thanks for the question about experiencing joy. I experienced joy Monday night when I was working in the garden, digging out the last of the bulbs. Uh-huh. It was snowing lightly and getting dark, but suddenly, I suddenly f- I felt a deep sense of joy and gratitude to the Lord because one year ago, I was recovering from surgery for breast cancer. I've completely recovered, praise God. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. We have big smiles in our face here, on our faces, Becky, right now. Nice. Way to go, Becky. Yeah. All right, let's get back to uh, rejoice. Connect. Rejoice. This is such a big moment. Right, yeah. So rejoice is everything just always about a form of connecting, we're saying. And we're talking about sin being the opposite of keeping ourselves separate. And Rebecca said this powerful thing where we're just taking a little break about how it's the little things that really help us feel connected to people and help people feel connected to us. And that anytime I feel like I'm supposed to say something or supposed to reach out to somebody and I kind of hold back or kind of turn away just because I'm uncomfortable or I'm not sure or it's kind of out of my comfort zone or I'm a little anxious or maybe, like she said, we're a little too wrapped up in ourselves. Remember, that's what sin looks like. Now, not sin in the way people use it often, like in a judgmental sort of way, like you're a bad person. That's silly. Sin, like I was just talking about a second ago. Remember, sin just means separate. So if I can feel I'm being called to reach out to somebody, to just say a word, give them a handshake, say hi, just let them know I'm glad to see them, and I kind of pull back out of my own anxiety or uncomfortableness, I need to understand I'm choosing sin. I'm choosing to be separate at that time when God is literally creating a divine moment for me to be in that connection with them. And so... We just need to just, it's like you guys are saying a break, to just be the, on the lookout for those little times when we are reaching out, saying hi, acknowledging. Sometimes it's even just smiling to somebody as you pass them in the hallway so they feel seen instead of invisible. It's mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah. And so we just need to be looking for those times and to be willing to reach out in those times, even if it's a little uncomfortable for us, which it probably will be. Good, uh, good advice, Glenn, yeah. just to be reminding us that sometimes it is uncomfortable. Right. And be prepared for the discomfort, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. I, uh, sometimes when I talk to my clients about a thing I think they might need to do next in their you know, spiritual walk, they're like, oh, that's going to be so uncomfortable. I think, yep. <laughs> <laughs> 
don't look to me to tell you it's not going to be because I just really get God is always calling each of us to take one step past our comfort zone. That's mm-hmm. how we keep learning. That's how we keep growing. That's how we keep moving on to, you know, become our true and true self. So we should always be willing to be a little bit uncomfortable. And to mm-hmm. know if we're put in a situation where it's a little uncomfortable, that that's probably a God thing. Mm-hmm. God doesn't throw me into a place where I'm so uncomfortable it's paralyzing to me. That's not it. But Great. I am. Great point. I'm often put in situations that would take a little bit more out of me than I'm used to giving. And I just need to know that's God's way of growing me. So it's my way of blessing that other person. Absolutely. But it's also God's way of growing me. Seems like you've even gotten smarter since last time I saw you, <laughs> which I didn't know was possible. Another, well, there you go. Another right. listener jumped in with, I've been diagnosed with uh, COPD, but my breathing today has been great. Yeah, There's go. some joy. I'm glad for you. That's I right. Now, that. here's the cool thing. The fact that that's better is not what brings you joy. The fact that you praise God and you feel connected to God brings you joy. The fact that you share it with us and we're so happy for you mm-hmm. brings you joy and us joy. Remember, it's in the connection yeah. that we feel joyful. It's so important. Because we felt joy in yes, the studio exactly. right now. exactly. It's like we had, we had this little mini party just I now. I know. It was That's great. exactly right because we felt so connected and so happy for you. Mm-hmm. I just think we need to understand joy always happens in a relationship. Always. Mm. So such a good point. I don't, I don't want to move on from this, but I think we probably can, right? All right. I'm Maybe we'll get back to that, it. Right? But no, no, keep the keep the joy moments coming. That's right. Send them over in Absolutely. a text form to 877-933-2484. It gives us a wonderful opportunity to connect with you and celebrate your joy and let other people know what has brought you joy. That will be an encouragement to all of us. Right. Okay. So Paul says, as we've been talking, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and want in Philippians 4. So we're talking about, okay, well, what is that secret? And it's right here in Thessalonians, rejoice hours. We just talked about that. Second, mm-hmm. pray constantly. So I want to talk about that just for a second. Um, you know, I've been so lucky. as I've, I've so often been able to preach at churches or give seminars or be in different churches or be a guest of different churches or be at lots of different seminars and places where Christians gather and learn. And I've had the opportunity to meet so many amazing Christians who have this faith it's just so deep in them, a relationship with God that's just so clear. It's like there's this light that just shines off of them. And you want to be around them. Honestly, if you want to tell the truth, you want to touch them, right? Because it's like, it's like I want what you have. It's so inspiring. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to admit, I've also met a certain number of legalistic Christians um, who just seem to be trying to live by a certain set of rules. And, and yes, obviously we do have values as Christians that we're expected to live by. It's not that there aren't guidelines for us. So I've been giving this a lot of prayerful thought. Like, well, what's the difference between those Christians who I see just glowing and those ones who just seem to think it's about the rules? And it finally struck me the other day, the people who think it's about the rules think it's up to them to do the rules under their own power. And see, when Paul says, I can do all things in him who strengthens me in Philippians 4, I think, right, I can do all things in him who strengthens me. Why do we pray? Why do we pray constantly? Because we can do all things in him who strengthens me, not by ourselves, not alone. It doesn't work like that. I, um, it's important to understand. Well, let me start here. I love reading all the call narratives in the Old Testament, all the stories where God or an angel come to earth, call somebody to go do some amazing thing. And always God tells them what they're going to do, and always, God, and always they tell God why they can't do it. <laughs> I mean, the stories have a certain structure to them, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like they're all different, but they have a sort of a overall pattern to them. God says they're amazing, calls them to do something really great. They tell God why they can't do it. 
And what I notice all the time is God never bothers to argue with them about their shortcomings. God just says, but I'll be with you. Oh, and off they go. See, what they were saying was that, God, I get that you think highly of me and you have a big task for me, but I can't do that by myself. And God's like, I'm not calling you to do it by yourself. (laughs) Oh, oh, okay. Then they go. Mm -hmm. Because we just get, we really can do all things in him who strengthens us, which is why we continually need to just be in that prayer of just always asking God for God's guidance, for God's help, for God's strength, for God's courage to help God's help us be open to all of that. I think we really can do all things in the one that strengthens us. So remember we started off by, today by talking about how we're in crazy circumstances, but so are the early Christians, persecuted, oh, stuff happening all around them. And Paul keeps saying, no, focus on what's real, focus on what's true, focus on what's eternal. Don't get distracted by that. So we're talking about, well, how do you do that? Well, praying constantly is the second way that he's talking about, but how do you do that? One, focus on rejoicing, the connections you have to the people and to God and to your world. Second, be at prayer continually. Let God be always in your life at every moment to the best of your ability so that you notice, oh, yeah, I don't want to be thrown off by that which is per- perishable or impermanent. I want to be rooted in that which is imperishable and permanent. And that's God's love for you and guidance for you and care for you and strength that God has for you. So it's just really important to always be thinking, okay, I can't do it by myself. I need God's help. So just like we're asking a moment ago for people to send in the examples of joyful moments, I'd love it if people would just think, okay, what is it I need right now? Maybe you need strength. Maybe you need courage. Maybe you need insight. Maybe you need help with something. Maybe you need somebody to come alongside you. I would ask that you let us know right now what it is that you need, and we will literally all pray for you in the studio, and all the people on there listening will pray for you that you receive those gifts that you need in order to be strengthened in him who is with you. So if you're open to that, you guys, would mm-hmm. you repeat that text number for people? Yeah, I will. Great, thanks. Send us what you need. All right. We will pray for you right today. 877-933-2484. Another joy moment is a listener that said, when my husband em- empties the dishwasher <laughs> and, ready, there's part two to this. I, I get And hearing Glenn Pickering again. <laughs> Did you notice the order? Yes, I noticed that second, Dishwa- but I don't mind. I, dishwasher I'm, first, I, I'm Glenn totally second. behind dishes. I totally get that. <laughs> One is more practical. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you need right now? We'd love to pray right. for you. 877-933-2484. Of course, you can remain anonymous. That's my intention is to keep you anonymous. But let us know. 877-933-2484. We'll be back with Dr. Glenn Pickering. You can always head over to his website, glennpickering.com. He offers this wonderful uh, offer where he uh, will talk to you for 20 minutes um, for free. So you can just fill out a form and it's uh, very quick. And then uh, you can arrange a conversation with him. Glennpickering.com. Two ends. We'll be right back. So glad to have Dr. Glenn Pickering in studio. We're 
going through a passage in First Thessalonians 5, which is a great, powerful passage. Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in all circumstances. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. All right, Glenn, we've got a whole bunch of people uh, making their contributions for their, their needs. Great. Um, pray for protection and journey mercies for uh, mom and a son traveling to San Antonio. Courage, joy. I need healing from pain in my hips. Mm-hmm. Um, God bless that listener. I need courage, strength, release from fear, which surfaced. Oh, um, so healing and protection for self and family and the ability to discern God's leading. Would you yeah. be willing to take just a moment to lead us in prayer for those people? Of course. Yeah. Precious Father, thank you that you have, um, you are willing and able to meet the needs of all of the listeners, whether they have come forward with a request or not, because you know what's on their heart. Right. And you know what they need, and they need mostly you and your uh, sense of comfort and presence to them. So I always pray, first and foremost, that they will recognize that they're not in this alone, that you are there with them. Right. And that uh, your will be done always. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. May it be so. Mm. All right. So now we want to talk about looking for what's good, if that's okay. Okay. We talked about Paul saying, hey, focus on the mission. Don't get pulled off by all the crazy circumstances around you. And he said, I learned the secret of doing that. And the secret is basically three parts. Rejoice always, pray constantly, and then third, give thanks in all circumstances. Now, so we're supposed to be looking for what's good. So I I love when he says in Philippians 4, 8, basically, you know, whatever is true, whatever is good, whatever is worthy, whatever is excellent, whatever is worthy of praise, think about these things. Those, how do I not get pulled off by the craziness around me? Mm-hmm. Notice all the amazing miracles that are literally happening right in front of you. Which one are you going to focus on? We could focus on the crazy. That's easy. In fact, that's the easiest thing to do. It actually takes an act of will to not focus there and instead to notice all the miracles that are happening all around us. I, uh, I used to work at a place that had a pond just behind the building I worked in, and I went down there pretty much every day to pray for a little while in the afternoon. And one day I was sitting by the pond. It was a beautiful day, just a little bit of a breeze. The fish were jumping. There were birds flying in and out of the pond. This little gentle breeze, little cat tails were moving all around. And people were walking behind me. I was just saying a little prayer for everybody when they walked behind me. It was amazing. A couple of days later, I was out sitting by the pond on that same beautiful little bench that somebody made by hand. It was a way different day. Cloudy, stormy, powerful wind, waves on the little pond like crazy. And um, and I said to God in my prayer time, boy, it's a whole different pond today. <laughs> and I felt like God said so clearly to me, it's the same pond. Don't be fooled by appearances. Mm-hmm. And I think, right, it's so easy to get fooled by appearances, to notice the superficial things that are different or crazy or chaotic. But it's important to understand, yeah, but our mission never actually changes. Don't be fooled by appearances. Don't be pulled into those directions. Just notice what's actually true. And we do that mostly by focusing on the miracles all around us. Now, luckily, every day is filled with those miracles. And, um, and it's really, hmm, how can I say, a challenge for us to just really decide, I'm going to pay attention to those miracles. I'm going to look for what's good. Could be in my life, could be in the life of people around me. Mm-hmm. All the joyful times people shared with us just a little bit earlier, we can take joy in noticing those things. And in just remembering, and all of us have those kinds of things happening. 
But even, remember, joyful is about connection. So even that other people would call in and ask us to pray for them. Well, see, praying for somebody is also another form of rejoicing because it's always about we're connecting to God and with them while we're praying over them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's a miracle all by itself, that we get that opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people think, well, Glenn, it must be a burden to do your job, listen to people all day. And I think, I literally take joy in what I do. I literally get to feel powerfully connected to every person or couple who comes to see me. And I help them to do the same with each other. And Win-win. Honest to goodness, to be a part of that process is just life-giving to Mm -hmm. me. Glenn, here's a listener that said, I I just happened to come across, I don't really believe that. That's a God appointment. (laughs) Yes. uh I just happened to come across your radio station as I was driving. I don't usually do this, but I really need prayer for my marriage. I've been married over 30 years, and besides being an alcoholic and drug user, he is emotionally and physically abusive. I just can't do this anymore. Need prayer and guidance. Great. I love that. Here's what I hope you do. I hope you're actually doing open to prayer. And here's what I mean. I'm not sure I'm going to say it right, so I want to be thoughtful. We so often pray to God and we feel puzzled or stuck because we think we know the answer already or we think we know what God's going to say. And so it keeps us from hearing whatever God actually has to say, which honestly, if we're listening, will always be shocking. Even the simplest thing, like I'm autistic, you know, so I'm not great at meeting people. And But if I'm in a room and God says, Glenn, go talk to that person over there, I swallow my gum and I go over and I introduce myself to them. It's like, and then something miraculously cool is going to happen always. And so even if you feel like, okay, there's only one right answer. I have to stay with this. I have to put up with this. I just want you in your prayer time to hear. That's not where God starts from. God never starts from, you have to keep doing the same things that make you terribly unhappy right now. I promise you. That was never it. So if we're open and if we're listening, we will never hear that. You know, I was just talking about all those call narratives where God or an angel comes down to earth and talks to people. Never do they say, I came down all the way down here to tell you, just keep doing what you're doing. We're always being called to do something that's so challenging and so shocking that we almost don't believe that that's what God will call us to be doing. And we're pretty sure we can't do it, which of course, like I said, we can't. We need God's help. So I pray for you in your prayer time that you be open to whatever God it is, that whatever it is that God actually puts in your heart, which none of us know what that's going to be. Truly, we don't. Mm-hmm. I just know if you listen and you're open, you will get a gentleness and a guidance that will help you feel like, okay, I kind of know what to do. And it might not be what you think. And it might. We don't know. I'm just thinking, just be open. That's my prayer for you. Be open to hearing whatever God has to say to you in your prayer time. Mm-hmm. I like that advice, Glenn, but I also feel a sense of urgency in this text, thinking they're um, heading home to an alcoholic and drug user who's uh, emotionally and verbally abusive. Right. And she's probably at wit's end. Right. Um, now, and again, I don't know. So I don't, sometimes I hear people say, well, here's what God's calling you to do. And I think I can hardly tell what God's doing in my life. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so I don't have the right to tell you what to do. But honestly, if that scenario is true, you might hear in your prayer time, don't go home. We don't know. Mm-hmm. So I, that's part of what I say. If you're going to be serious, stop, pray, and listen, and be obedient to whatever that is. Mm. In fact, do we have time to kind of lead into our last little part yeah, about please. knowing how you've been guided? Or yes. Being, no, we're good. First. Okay. We're good. Lots of time. Okay, cool. So um, so we talked about what are the things to do to stay focused on, on what matters, on your actual mission in life, and that's rejoice always, pray constantly, look for what's good. Now, so let's say we're doing those things. So we're not focused on all the craziness around us. Now we're really listening for God's voice and God leading for us. Now how do we know 
how do we know God leading us? And it's not just our crazy ego chattering in the back of our own head. And I think mm, I was raised in the Wesleyan tradition, and they talked about four ways in which you can tell that you're being led. And, um, and you notice I included in this reading from Thessalonians today about the part that says, um, don't quench the spirit, don't distrust prophecy, but test everything. That's what I mean when I was talking about a second ago. If we really are praying to God and we really are open, stuff's going to come to us that we think, really? <laughs> really? And then we can't tell. We think, well, is that really God? Because it sounds like it might be true. sounds like it might be a little crazy. I can't quite tell. And, um, and so, um, so in the Wesleyan tradition, we talk about, okay, yeah, don't quench the spirit. Don't distrust prophecy. Don't just throw it out. But test everything. Okay, well, how do you test it? And the Wesleyan tradition has always understood this kind of four ways. I'm going to talk about the first one I'm thinking before we take a break. Um, the first one is, um, so we talk about scripture, tradition, experience, and reason. So I want to talk about those four things first, scripture. Um, I sometimes hear even Christian guys say, well, you know, God, Glenn says in the Bible that I'm the head of my house. So that, mean, that means I make all the decisions in my house, right? And I think, okay, let's test that against the rest of everything that it says in scripture. Because my first guidance should be, what does it say in the scripture? Well, tell you know, I can, trust me, the scripture talks all about servanthood. You know, that we're, the first shall be last, the last shall be the greatest of all. We're not supposed to lord it over others like the Gentile. Jesus came to serve, not to be served, etc., etc. So, if we're the head of the household and we try to understand that from a biblical perspective, what we understand is that means I'm the servant of everybody in my house. It's my job to make sure that everybody who lives under my roof is getting all the things that they need. I don't know what those are, so it's my job to ask a lot of questions and ask what they need and then work like crazy to try and bring it to them as much as I can. So we're going to test everything. The first thing is this. We're going to test it in the Scripture, and the Scripture says we're called to serve. Therefore, if there's a calling on my heart, and it really is a true and a godly calling, and I'm really trying to test that, I promise you, you will all be called into a life of service to others. You won't be about making yourself a little bigger and more important or patting yourself on the back. It will always be about a life of service to others. Now, it will be a win-win like we've been talking about. When I serve others, I also feel connected to them. I also feel the joy of their transformation. I get to be a part of this amazing journey. So please understand, it's not a poor me thing. Like, oh, what about Glenn? (laughs) But the first rule, if I'm going to really kind of be testing, I think I'm called to do this, but how can I tell? I promise it'll be about being of service to others. Always, mm-hmm. there were no exceptions to that. Mm-hmm. Glenn, I've got a clarifying question from Great. a listener. Love it. When you say you uh, hear God said to me, mm-hmm. does that mean mm-hmm. you're actually hearing God? I thought God only spoke through His Word these days. Uh, that's an interesting thought. But if that was actually literally true, then prayer would have no meaning. <laughs> say more. Nope. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. I am. Um, <laughs> Rebecca's laughing over there. I'd like to make her laugh. <laughs> I just think this. I think, I don't know how to say it right, and I don't want to be judgmental, but I just think I see so many people who want to make God really small. Now, and all the people in the Old Testament who God called to go do some amazing thing could have said the same thing. Hey, we already have the law. We always have the first five books. We already know everything God thinks. Why would I be at prayer? Why would I listen? Why would I go do this thing I feel God's calling me to do? Why would I listen? Why would I do that? And the reason is because God is always calling us in our specific situation. And so for sure, the scriptures are a great guide, a way of telling me, am I really hearing God's voice or am I just making that up? And the, one of the first things the Bible says, is it will be about an act of service, Glenn. So if you think it's about you making more money or looking better, <laughs> then no, that's not right. So it's a huge guide to me. 
But when Paul says, don't quench the spirit, don't distrust prophecy, but test everything, hold fast to what is good, he's saying, don't blow that off. Don't act like you already know everything. Listen. Let God speak to you, because it turns out God knows more than you do, and he knows exactly how you should be moving forward. And a big part of living a really serious Christian life is I want to listen to that voice as clearly as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. When God says, you know, uh, go throughout the whole world and preach the gospel to right. all mankind, right. when when you when Jesus looked out and saw the, the people harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd, right. and we're supposed to take our hope and share it with others, right? I mean, that's that's clearly in Scripture. Right. But I, I remember specifically one night I was volunteered for one night to go um, perform at the Salvation Army. Uh-huh. Uh, right. Now right. going on nearly 11 years ago. <laughs> and Glenn, I, I walked out of there and I, and I heard, I don't know if I heard, but what I heard in my head was I have to come back next week as a volunteer. Right. I have to. Right. I mean, the, uh, and then that was 11 years ago and I've been right. there every week for 11 years. Right. So what I think is the scripture gives us powerful, powerful guidelines for how we're going to live our life. And then God speaks to us in our specific situation to help us understand how those guidelines apply to our specific situation and what we're supposed to do with that with the people right in front of us. Mm -hmm. All right, let me take our last short break. Dr. Glenn Pickering is my guest in studio. You can head to his website, glennpickering.com. He offers a wonderful opportunity for you to speak to him one-on-one on the telephone. 20 minutes and he will make that uh, available to faith radio listeners all you have to do is uh, fill out a little form on his website and there's no obligation whatsoever he'll just uh, arrange a time for you guys to chat and you will learn a lot in 20 minutes trust me all right be right back Dr. Glenn Pickering is my guest in studio. We're talking about a powerful verse out of 1 Thessalonians. Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. All right, uh, Glenn, let's let's jump to, uh, we don't have time for 23 characteristics, do we? <laughs> no, but we do have time for this. Thank you. So we're talking about how um, in the Wesleyan tradition, you know, it says don't, don't uh, quench the spirit. Don't distrust prophecy, but test everything. Mm-hmm. One way to test it is through Scripture. If, that, if I really am being called in a certain direction, I should be totally consistent with what Scripture says about a calling. Always. Second, the Wesleyan thing said, and tradition. Now, Wesley, after he started the Methodist Church, basically, somebody said, well, what makes a Methodist special? So he wrote this little article, 23 Characteristics of a Methodist Christian. And many, many people have read that said, well, Wesley, these are... This is just the basics, the core of our inherited faith. This isn't a new faith. This is just the 23 things that have always been true of every Christian. And Wesley's like, right. <laughs> We're not here to recreate a different faith. We're here to always come back to the absolute core values of our faith. Mm-hmm. And so I just think um, if, if we're being called, it will show up in Scripture it will also be consistent with their tradition, with my core values. I will never be called to do something that value that violates one of my core values. One of the things I know as a Christian is important to Christ. I'm not, I'm not going to be called to do that. And so the second way to test things is just think, okay, what are my core values? What has my faith always said about how we're supposed to treat others, about how we're supposed to live our lives? 
what have we always known is true? Mm-hmm. And I want to just come back to those absolute core values because if the thing I'm being called to do really is godly, then it will be consistent with those core values, those things that Christians have known literally from the beginning. Mm. Okay. Now, I want to do the third one because it's so related to it. So the third thing is, let's say, says, scripture, tradition, and then experience. Now, I think all of us is part of the sanctification process. You know, we start with justification. We embrace God. We think, yes, this is what I want. I want God in my life. I want to live the life Christ has before me. Great. And we spend the rest of our life doing what's called sanctification, about trying to get better and better and better, living that out more and more perfectly, more and more Christ-like. Now, and so we do that mostly by learning all the lessons that God has for us along the way. This is how we grow more and more perfect in God's sight. It's the lessons we learn are the wisdom that we've obtained from all the experiences that we had. So I know this. Thirdly, if I'm being called in a godly direction, it's not just my little ego chattering in the background. It will be consistent with Scripture. It will be consistent with all the values that we've always known as Christians were true. And it will build upon my experiences. It will use the experiences that I've had, good and hard, in ways that are helpful to other people always. And so I need to always then ask myself, does this draw upon my particular set of circumstances? Can I tell that the things I've been through are being used here in a way that will be helpful to other people? Because if I'm on a godly path, that will always be true. Mm, I like that. All right. I've got a couple more comments, which I, Boy, I'd, love love to, I'd love Great. to put them in the mix here. Sure. Uh, this goes back to our, our joy moment. But this is lovely. As a family, we sit around the table each night and talk about our day. My wife, my daughter, and two sons go around the table during dinner to have conversations on all sorts of topics. It's a blessing to be able to connect with each other. Absolutely. There's a very simple joy. Love it. That's perfect. And here's another need. Please pray for me. I'm 70 years old, and I've tried so hard to quit drugs and smoking, and I fall right back into it. I believe in Jesus. But question mark, please um, pray for me. Oh, I'd be so glad to pray for you and your struggles. I love, love, love. Here you are 70 years old, and you have not given up the fight. You still want to live the right life. You still want to do what you believe you're called to do. And I want you to hear God praising you for that, for your dedication, for your intentionality, for your desire to be better and better. Many people at your age might be sort of feeling like it's time to mail it in. But I just want you to notice you are not choosing that path. You were being called to do something that's out of your comfort zone, and you're trying to do that exact thing. And I hope you hear in your prayers that you are praised for that. And may you be encouraged knowing, hey, you're on the right path. You're not done with the path yet, but you're on the right path. Mm-hmm. Praise be to God. Very nice. All right, let's talk about um, grounding ourselves in gratitude. Okay. Almost there. Let me tell you one more thing. So, okay, cool. Wesley says, how can you tell if it's a godly call? Scripture, tradition, experience, and finally reason. It will always make sense in the end. Now, notice, in the end, usually when I'm called in a certain direction it, by God, it, I can tell because it doesn't seem to make any sense to me. It violates my little human logic because I think I know the answer to everything. <laughs> oh, golly. So it will always seem almost nonsensical to us. But I promise you this. If we're on the path and we're at least willing to go through door number one and take one step in the direction that we feel like God might be calling us, we will always find out, oh, this makes perfect sense. Now I can see it. This is so cool. Didn't know it. Why would I be called to come back and talk about the Salvation Army? Because now there's a whole ministry going on here and a Celebrate Recovery Movement. And a, there's a, so many things coming out of Bill's life from his being willingness to hear that. Now, 
We could have thought it was illogical at the time, but we look back and we think, no, there's a perfect logic there. It was unfolding in this miraculously cool way. And I promise you, if you're on a godly path, it will always feel like that in the end, always. Yeah, and to your point, Glenn, too, the, my comfort zone was uh, being squeezed. <laughs> you know, I've done a lot yeah. of prison ministry, so right. I've been in places where the characters have been a little intimidating. Right, sure. And so when you're in a recovery facility where... They are there for a six-month uh, period of time. You're also going to run into some people who have right. had some life as uh, s- s- criminals and and uh, homeless people and right. everything else, which is wonderful. They're trying to get their life back together, but it right. can be a very intimidating environment. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. And so it would have been so easy to find all the reasons to not listen to that calling, to think, oh, yes. that can't be true. That seems too hard. That's intimidating. I'm not called to do that. But you felt like, no, I think I am being called to do that. And the more you do it, the more you think, wow, I was so called to do this. Yeah. And I speak at an alcohol and drug recovery center every Friday, and I've never tried drugs or alcohol. Right. Uh-huh. I mean, so there's another reason I shouldn't do it. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know where they're at. Right. <laughs> I can't pretend either. It seems totally illogical. Completely illogical. And who knows? And I bet it's totally logical from God's perspective. Like maybe one of the things that comes for those guys is think, oh, because I've lived a certain kind of life, I thought I could never connect to anybody else who hasn't lived this life. But mm-hmm. here's Bill. I connect to him great. Maybe my world could be bigger than I thought. Mm. Maybe I'm not as limited as I thought I was. Maybe I could live more of that life myself. Maybe I'm not so small. Maybe I could live a way bigger life. And who knows? Maybe it's their step out of their comfort zone. Didn't think of it that way. God is Just like you to give me a different way of thinking, Glenn. <laughs> Yeah, for better or for worse, I think, tend to think in odd ways. Now, so let me finish this. So I think, okay, so we're surrounded by craziness, and God says, here's what you need to do. You need to ground yourselves in gratitude for the present. Be aware of the miracles happening around you. Focus on that. Okay, then we're supposed to be open ourselves to ways in which God is leading us forward into a real call, not the craziness around us. We need to understand, if we're being called in a godly way, we'll be called into a life of service, We'll be called into a life that reflects our core values. We're going to be called into a life that builds upon all the experiences we've had so far. And we will notice that it makes so much sense as we look back and think, oh, there's so many pieces that fell together to make that exactly right. And for me, those are the signs that I'm on the right track. So how can I tell if I'm on a godly path? Those four things. Service, core values, draws upon my experiences, and in retrospect will always seem so logical on a scale way bigger than my little human logic. Mm-hmm. I sure appreciate everyone that made a contribution to oh, the show gosh, today, because yes. I know you probably stepped a little bit out of your comfort zone, or if you were celebrating, a, sharing a joy with us, that was a, a really a happy moment. So thank you for doing that. Right. And thank you for expressing your needs, because it's uh, helpful for us, because we'll continue to pray for you. This is not a one and done. Right, absolutely. We, uh, we, we collect these prayer requests, and we continue to pray over them. Right here at the Faith uh, Radio Network, so to speak. Uh, yeah, Glenn, go ahead. I got one minute? Yeah, no, yeah. Well, if there's a person out there who feels that God has put a calling in your heart, and you either want to text it to us so we can sort of pray over that calling for you, that God may bless that calling, or if you feel like, Glenn, I kind of want to talk to you for 20 minutes to see if it kind of makes sense to kind of get your thoughts about it, great. Then you can always just take advantage of that little 20-minute um, talk right there on my glennpickling.com website. And I'd be glad to follow up with you that way, too. But if mm-hmm. there's a, a calling you want to text into us right now so we can pray God's blessing over you for that calling, we'd be so happy to do that. We would for sure. Again, Glenn's website is glennpickering.com. It's Glenn with two N's, 
G-L-E-N-N-P-I-C-K-E-R-I-N-G. And about midway down the page, there is a little form you fill out, and there's no uh, no obligation, and he doesn't track you or do anything. He just way it's just the way that you get introduced to him in a 20-minute phone conversation so glenn thanks for offering that it's really nice i know a lot of listeners have taken you up on that yes i've been blessed by every single one of them yeah thanks for the time today um i'll probably never look at this verse the same again first thessalonians 5 16 to 22 thank you for that yeah all right, we're going to start our prayer series, How Timely, uh, next hour. With Dr. <laughs> Peter Kapster and myself, we've been in a salvation series for eight or nine weeks. And starting today, we're going to head into prayer. And boy, don't we all want to learn everything we can about prayer. Right. Our, our special guest today is Daryl B. Harrison, all the way from sunny California. So that's ahead. We'll take a short break and be right back. <laughs> 